game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. There's a chip up the left-hand side by Karen. Two-on-one developing. Nugent Hopkins tried to center the center. Larson then got his own backhander and bumped it on. Calgary defended the two-on-one, but there is no adequate defense for the set of hands that Ryan Nugent Hopkins possesses. Well, and that started the onslaught for the Edmonton Oilers. Five goals in the final 25 minutes of the game on the way to a 6-2 win over the Calgary Flames tonight. Preseason action at Rogers Place. The Oilers are 2-2 now in the preseason. They'll fly to Kelowna tonight. Off day there tomorrow. Practice there Sunday and Monday. Then back here and they'll host Arizona on Tuesday. If you're looking for the Edmonton Eskimos game, it is live on Kissin' Country 103.9. And it is indeed a game as the Eskimos are, I think they just got a touchdown. They did, and they will have an extra point to tie the game early in the fourth quarter. So currently it's 24-23 Hamilton. It was 24-0 Hamilton in the second quarter. 21-0 after one, then 24-0. And uh, Logan Kilgore, who's this penalty on, Rob? Uh, I Where, can't wait, see. No, it's on Hammer. So uh, Hammer? on Hamilton. So the Eskimos will decline that and have the convert to tie the game with 12 minutes left in uh, a pretty dramatic turnaround on Ricky Ray night on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll obviously keep you updated on that one. It's turned into a pretty good game, and it is live on Kissing Country 103.9. Okay, Rob, well, last night we're sitting here saying that the Edmonton Oilers just slowly fell back and the Vancouver Canucks pulled away to win 6-1. The opposite tonight. The Oilers just slowly, slowly, slowly pulled away and it ends 6-2. Well, the Calgary Flames had a number of opportunities in the second period to extend the lead. They had the, po- the power plays a 5-on-3. Now, again, power plays and penalty kill don't mean a whole lot in the preseason because you're not always dressing what you would have as a power player, who you would have as your penalty killers. And the Calgary Flames missing Goudreau, Monaghan, Giordano on their power play. But they had the power play for five on three. Then they have a five on four power play. And instead of creating momentum, instead of uh, continuing to push forward with the lead that they had, uh, they fell and Nugent Hopkins scores shorthanded. And, and, and I was saying to Bob afterwards, I don't remember the Calgary Flames having a good scoring chance after the five-on-three. I don't remember Koskinen having to make a save after they had the five-on-three that was killed off. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers just turned things around. Now, a couple things happened. The veteran players of the Oilers took over. Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, Cassian, Sam Gagne had an excellent game. And the other one was a, a subtle move that Dave Tippett made at the end of the first period. He switched the pairings up. In the first period, it was Bear and Manning were together, and they really struggled really struggle in their own zone. So they switched up and they put uh, Manning played, I believe, with Bouchard the rest of the game and Bear moved with Lagesson and, and both seemed to settle down somewhat. And the Oilers didn't find themselves in as much trouble in their own zone after that. So uh, I, I, I've said it most of the preseason. In a preseason game, the team with the younger lineup usually starts better. And as the game goes on, the team with the veteran lineup, the better veteran players, takes over and that's what we saw again tonight yeah and i mean and again last night we're sitting here saying okay i'm not i'm not gonna 
say you got to uh, burn the roster down because of a 6-1 loss. We're not going to celebrate anything because of a because of a 6-2 win. The Oilers uh, only lost one game last year in the preseason and and, and missed the playoffs. I, I watch more for individual stories for for some structure, maybe for some special teams, depending on who's on it. And uh, I, I think for some individual stories tonight. I thought Joachim Nygaard had, had a pretty good game. I, I mean, he came in here, his speed was celebrated. That was supposed to be his strength. I thought you saw it tonight, and you saw some score chances as a result. I agree. I just, re- I just looking at the stats, that they eventually changed the, the goal from Nurse to Nygaard. Oh, they did? Okay. They did, So, which is because we couldn't figure out how that, that puck went in. It was still a terrible rebound that it gave up. But uh, Nygaard, what you saw out of him was speed. And... There's fast guys in the National Hockey League, so if somebody stepped or stands out because of speed, he must be really fast <laughs> or really quick. But I also like the fact he put himself in he put himself in the right position offensively. When you're playing with Leon Draisaitl, you got to find quiet space, uh, areas on the ice in the offensive zone where you kind of just sneak in there because he finds you. And he did that time and time again. And then he darts for holes. There's a couple great opportunities that he got simply darting for a hole and Leon finding him and, and putting the puck in the right spot. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought he was excellent tonight. And that's, the, that's a guy that is not only is he fighting for a spot on the roster, he's got something that a top six line would 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 love or uh, sorry a top two line would love a guy that plays in the top six and that's world-class speed so not he's not only looking for to make the other team he's looking to push to be get one of those spots in the top six and tonight he certainly helped himself out anton bertasoff played his first game on north american ice as a professional tryout player for the edmonton oilers wearing number 71 62 about 225 pounds his shot has been celebrated as being excellent he got three shots on goal tonight he played 13 and a half minutes i'd like to see more i mean i didn't notice any glaring errors or sometimes a player might almost look confused for lack of a better word when he's when he's thrown in there i thought he got to the right spots he tried a couple long-range shots i'd certainly like to see him play again uh he was better than i thought he was going to be he's a guy that hasn't been here for all of training camp so he's starting a step or two behind I don't know where he's been as of late, but I'm guessing he came from Europe. Yeah, he was. He came over from Russia. Yeah. yeah just so th- then there's the 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 travel. There's the time changes, uh, and then the, the new language, new systems. And I thought he he looked very comfortable out there on the ice, and he he wasn't a, a lazy player. He wasn't a, a guy that you know seemed to step behind. Uh, he, he was aggressive. He does have a heavy shot, and you can see when the puck comes off its stick, it gets there quickly, and it, it fooled the goaltender one time, hit him up high. Um, no, I, I, I think that he and Nygaard not only earned another shot, but impressed while they were earning it. I thought he was, again, very good tonight in a game where it could have gone off the rails from just with all the things, that, all the pressures, all the, the travel, everything on him. He was good. 6-2, the Oilers win it over the Flames. The goal scorers chase on Nugent Hopkins. As Rob mentioned, Nurse's, what we thought was originally Nurse's goal, now goes to Nygaard. Cassian Dreisaitl Gagne scored on a funny deflection with 3.9 seconds left. So a lot of the, the bigger names get it done for the Oilers. They were 1-for-1 one one on the power play. Cassian had a goal there. The Flames 0-for-4. Shots 29-20 for the Oilers, including 14-3 in the third. So... Again, like last night when the Oilers went quietly in the end, the uh, the Flames wind up going 
quietly tonight. A tough night for uh, John Gillies. Played the second half of the game in net for the Flames. Well, again, if you also want to look at things that changed in the game, when the Calgary Flames made their goalie switch, it became a different a different hockey game. Uh, he struggled. He, I mean, Riddish was very good in the in the time that he was in there. But when Gillies came in, he struggled and. I can tell you, you do not want to have a, a goalie go down with an injury in Calgary because uh, this kid, he needs some work in the minors. It was, it was a really, really rough night from, uh, I mean, the cast. Uh, the Cassian goal. I mean, that's a, a that goal. was like the kid, the power play goal Vancouver got but, on Costco. But yesterday. that was far side. This was short side, true. which is yeah, even true. harder. So it, it was a tough night for him. And, and the Oilers took advantage of. It. They started putting pucks on net. And you like uh, you like when guys get rewarded too, and they're being unselfish. Nugent Hopkins tries to make a play to Larson, shorthanded, doesn't work. He gets his own rebound scores. Gagne tries making a play to Cassian. It doesn't work bounces goes into the net so when you are unselfish sometimes things work out for you and it did tonight for the others number of times on the blue line nurse and larson were together lagason bear manning and bouchard were also into the game did you get any more clarity on the back end well nurse and larson are very good uh they had a strong game larson was plus four tonight nurse was plus three with a couple of assists larson with a point uh bouchard and lagason played together in the first period and and they struggled uh, after that, I, you know, I didn't really notice Bouchard uh, in the in the final 40 minutes, and uh, that could be uh, in a good way too. That he, what, there was nothing glaring about his game; it was very simple. I think Lagason got better as the game on game got on. Bear and Manning really struggled early, and, and and Manning struggled throughout. I thought Bear seemed to find a little more confidence in the last 30 minutes of the hockey game. He started jumping up, being a little more assertive. I. Th- when you're a young player and, and a player like Jones gets sent down and you're a player in, in Bears' shoes, you're thinking, oh, my God, this is an opportunity. I mean, he was a guy that was competing with, and maybe you put a little too much pressure on yourself to do too much in the hockey game. I think when he simplified in the final 30 minutes, he was much more effective. Uh, but I don't think any of the defensemen tonight uh, of the bottom four, uh, as Dave Tippett said, separated themselves from the rest. I think they all are clumped in the same, and it wasn't wasn't a strong, strong night on the back end for those four. So the Oilers win at 6-2, six different goal scorers. You heard the game live on 6.30, Chad. If you're looking for the Eskimos, it is on Kissin' Country 103.9. Nine minutes to go. It's a 24-24 tie with Hamilton. Uh, the Eskimos at one point trailed 24-0. Hamilton just got a long punt return from deep in their own end to get up the midfield. By the way, a key play in this game, Rob, and I think you and I got tired just watching it. Uh, in the third quarter, Hamilton missed a field goal, and uh, Christian Jones took it about five yards deep in his own end zone and got down to the Hamilton 15, weaving through traffic, had to avoid one of the officials at one point, and uh, finally succumbed to fatigue <laughs> about the 15, and Edmonton got a field goal out of it. I tell you, I think I could run as fast as him if I had 12 guys chasing me like he was there, too. Um, no, it's actually been a pretty exciting game. Actually, this might turn into be a really good night for, for Edmonton sports fans. Well, we'll see if the Eskimos can pull this out. Their defense was, uh, I mean, it's been an up-and-down game for Kilgore, the backup quarterback who's in. He's has a couple interceptions. We've seen some throws where the timing's a little off, but he's, he's come back well. The Eskimos' defense was asleep in the first quarter. I mean, two long bomb touchdowns for Hamilton where 
the receivers just ran through the coverage and, and were, were wide open. So uh, we'll see how it finishes. Hamilton does uh, have the ball down to the Eskimos uh, 32. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as well. We'll call a quick timeout. It's 10:01. Oilers win it 6-2. This is Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Back handing it out to the point, Ethan Bear, offensive zone, power play, shot goal. Low glove on John Gillies, and Zach Cassian scores a power play goal to make it 4-2, and more evidence of Gillies' struggles. All right, and the Oilers would go on to win 6-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Three goals in the third period. Cassian Dreisaitl and Gagne scoring in the third. Nugent Hopkins and Nygaard scored in the second period. Chason had the Oilers' first period goal. Bennett and Lomberg scored for the Calgary Flames. Six and a half minutes left in the Eskimos game. Hamilton leading 27-24. They just got a 38-yard field goal. We'll keep you updated on that one, and it's live on Kissing Country 103.9. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We have Phil standing by. Phil, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. It's been a while. Yeah, nice to hear from you. It's been a while since we had any hockey in Edmonton. Um, Tonight's game. Um, I've said this uh, a thousand times. It's okay to win by a score of 6-2. to And uh, over the past two and a half years, dating back to when we were when we made the playoffs and got eliminated, when we lost two games where where we were up three by three goals and then ended up losing the games, um, it's okay to win by six two. We don't have to win by one game. We don't or by one goal. We don't have to stop playing when we're ahead by one goal. And that's that's something that I started seeing in the tail end of last year. And if tonight's game is any any indication of what the uh, year is going to show for us, uh, we might have a good year. All right, thanks, Phil. Well, yeah, I think I mean it's uh, they they want to win. I mean they 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 dress, they get in there, they want to win. But I I don't know if I'm going to pin any predictions or expectations for this game. But like we talked about, there's some individuals who at the very least earned another look Mm -hmm. in the lineup or maybe made the coaches think oh okay well maybe uh maybe this guy is going to stick around a little longer or deserves a spot uh here or there nygaard uh leading the way we're certainly going to see burtis again and Mm -hmm. and the the battles continue for you know what what Tippett has been calling the the bottom six for for me, I'll still distinguish them. I still think for for line number three, there there are some things that need to be worked out there. Well, I, I just don't put a whole lot into exhibition season. If the games were that important, you'd have your best players playing every night. It's not that way. Their teams will have great preseasons and have horrible seasons, and vice versa. So uh, tonight. You know, it was easy to score six tonight because the Oilers had a better lineup and the Calgary Flames backup goaltender had a really, really poor night. I don't think when the Oilers grow up one in the regular season that they stop trying. They just play good teams and sometimes the good teams push back. So uh, tonight was a, a, a good night for some players trying out for the team that were being evaluated and a rough night for others. But other than that, this was just a game to evaluate players and uh, you're happy with the victory, but once the season starts up October second, this game meant nothing. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's and there are and one thing too, he didn't play tonight, but it's interesting how how Pearson's been used, Joel Pearson. I mm-hmm. mean, he's right in there with with Clefbaum twice now, 
And as they, I, I, I mean, we may see the defense. I'll have to keep an eye on my email here. They, they, they could even announce other roster moves tonight. But, uh, but it mean, looks like he's he's going to be around. Well, you and I, okay, we've watched watched the games and coming into the season, where there, there's talk they need a six and seven defensive. And who are those two guys going to be? Or, or uh, because I mean the six and seven, because Russell and Benning could play in the third pairing. But there's going to be two defensemen that are going to be making the team that are going to be newer. And there's a whole bunch of names that are thrown in there with the Jones, the Bear, Lagason, Bouchard, uh, Manning tonight. Uh, and of all the players that we've watched play, Parison has been by far the most consistent. Uh, there's no, there hasn't been any glaring mistakes. You haven't seen uh, shifts where he's been pinned into his own zone, pinned where he gets, feels a little overwhelmed. Yet all the other defensemen at times have, have had those shifts, have had those periods. So he has separated himself from all the other defensemen that are trying to win that number six or number seven spot and, and he's looked very very comfortable and he's he's not going to be playing if if he's if everything is going the way it looks where he's going to start the season with a cleft bomb or that's where they're pushing for he's not playing sheltered minutes and i mean cleft bomb's going to play big minutes against good players and they i think they trust Harrison being a little bit older uh, being a little more mature on the ice being a little more experienced that he's not going to get overwhelmed when all of a sudden he's playing against the other team's top players. So I think Parison right now has got a leg up by far on all the other players challenged for that spot. 6-2, the Oilers uh, win it tonight. Uh, Dennis says, uh, I truly, though, I am very concerned about the McDavid injury over the course of a long and physical season. I'm not concerned at all. Zero concern. Players get hurt all the time. Uh, they come back from injuries. I've heard so many players whose careers were over. Crosby's career was over, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when he had the concussions. Never be the same player. He's gone on to win a couple Stanley Cups since then. Uh, every player that's playing in the National Hockey League has had to deal with something. Wear and tear over the, over the course of a year. Um, no, I've got absolutely zero concern about Connor McDavid coming back from injury. And you're the, you've seen him skate, so I think you probably are even less concerned. Yeah, I mean, he looks... Normal. <laughs> to, well, his normal. To me, his 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 uh, his normal. Uh, yeah, I I mean I get it. And whenever something happens to a player, there's always. I mean, you can always play devil's advocate. Say why was he in that situation? Why was he doing this? But they want to play. And what did McDavid say on that play last year in Calgary? I, I he, he said I'm paid a hundred million dollars to drive drive, drive to the net. Yeah. So that, oh, that's yeah. that's part of, that's part of his game. Um, you know, I, I will say this, though, and Ken Holland has said it. We'll see, again, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully the penalty killing is better. But Ken Holland said, as a manager, he would prefer mm-hmm. that the top offensive players don't kill penalties or don't kill a lot. And he said there always may be big moment situations where you put them out there. Uh, but that's one thing that he's tried to address, and he's trying to address it with the Archibalds and Shans and Granlins of, of the world. Well, the players that he's brought in will dictate whether you need to use Leon or Connor or Nugent Hopkins out penalty kill. We saw tonight how having your star players penalty kill could change the complexion of a game. This was a game where, you know, Calgary was dominating and the Oilers shorthanded. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, nice individual effort, scores a goal, 2-2, and all of a sudden the Oilers take over from there. I think it will be situational when it comes to the three stars penalty killing, 
when the Oilers are in desperate need of a goal or a spark or somehow to change uh, the game that's going sideways on them, then I will. I, I can see them going out there to to penalty kill. Um, I, I I see the fear of. I mean. Nowadays, the guys that get hurt in the National Hockey League, mostly it seems like it's from blocking shots. And you don't want your stars having to block shots. Having said that, it is part of the game, and they will continue to do that when they have to. A reminder that whenever we go down to the into the Oilers' dressing room this year, it'll be courtesy of GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. The final tonight, 6-2 Oilers over the Flames on Kissing Country 103.9. You can get the final moments of the Edmonton Eskimos game, which I will update now. Two and a half minutes to go. Hamilton in front 27-24. It looks like they're going to have to punt. I think this is going to be about a third and two from uh, their own 45, so the Eskimos should get the ball, and they're going to have to come back again. It was, <laughs> it was, this game looked over 12 minutes in. It was 21-0 Hamilton. They got ahead 24-0. Edmonton tied it. Hamilton's uh, gone back ahead, so we're uh, keeping an eye on I, that. I one. haven't watched a lot of CFL this year, but I heard that the 24 nothing lead is the worst lead in football. Well, so yeah, I, exactly. That's what my buddies are telling me. Exactly. <laughs> you can get us at 780-496-0063. You can also text us to, uh, to 630-630. One thing that's interested me, and, and he scores tonight, is how Dave Tippett has used Alex Chason. And there has been no... Well, you know what, Alex? You were here last year. We've committed to you for two years. You got 22 goals, even though you were slower in the second half. We're, we're going we're gonna to give you the benefit of the doubt and start you up high in the lineup. He hasn't been that at all. I mean, even at practice, he's been on the fifth or sixth line. Yeah. Some, and, some practice. He scored, a, he scored a typical chase on type goal today, though. And, and what you like about him is there's been no complaint. There's been no body language signaling that he's not happy. Uh, I thought he's played well in the games that he's played. Tonight, I thought their line was really good uh, playing with Cave and Russell. Uh, they created the one goal, the goal that he scored. They were good on the four check. And, and I've heard him being interviewed, and he talks about the fact that he knows his role, and he understands that every year he has to prove himself over and over again. And he's accepted that, and he just goes about his business. He, that's why teams like players like Alex Chason. They're just guys that simply come in, do what they're told, don't complain, what, you mean me on the fourth line tonight? All right, I got it. What, I'm going to be first power play tonight? Well, I can do that too. So he's a guy that is an important part of this team. He's a good guy, good team guy. And yeah, it's, and it is weird. There's all these guys auditioning to play in the top six. He's not really getting that spot duty, but the line that he was on tonight was very, very effective. So maybe they need some leadership or veteran experience in the bottom six to be able to solidify them. All right, it's 10-15. You'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl when we get back as the Oilers beat the Flames 6-2. We are live in Studio 99, Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's a 6-2 Oilers victory over the Calgary Flames tonight at Rogers Place. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought the penalty killing was what kind of turned the game for us. I didn't like our first period at all. I thought it was poor, really poor. And uh, our penalty kill got the shorthanded goal, but really... Uh, 
did a good job with just the work ethic. So I thought that kind of turned it. And then we were fortunate to get uh, get one on the power play. So special teams, you always want to win the special teams game. We did tonight. And, you know, but there's, it's still, that's a game that, it's a good game to th think about and look at the details of winning. You know, first period we didn't, we didn't compete hard enough, and we the details of getting things done just weren't there. As the game went on, we we were better. Uh, Nygaard was much better tonight. It looked like he Nygaard was good. The speed to get into the open. Yeah, he had two or three good chances. You'd like to see him capitalize on one of those chances at least. But uh, he was good. Took a skate in the cheek late in the game, so it uh, hopefully that's not too bad. They're looking. Doctors are looking at him right now, but. Uh, um, he had he had a good game. He, you could tell he had some pace out there, which is what we're what we're hoping to see. And Burdisoff played seven minutes in the first two periods, but six in the third. So he caught a second wind, or what happened there? Yeah, we're just seeing how he. I thought he did all right for the first game over here, and and you know, basically not much practice, just a chalk talk, and away you go. I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right. That's it's intriguing. He shoots a puck a ton. Like when he gets it, he shoots it. Can you? Does a player though in the NHL have the ability to score from outside like you do in other places? I I don't. I watched a lot of video from him in Russia, and he does score from out there. So I, he had one good chance that uh, he zinged it off the goalie's shoulder on the one off the wing there. But so we'll see. We'll just it's uh, it's one of those things. You got to keep it moving forward and see where he goes. Dave, uh, what did you make of Miko's second start in as many days? What uh, didn't like the first goal much, the rebound in the first goal, but he was solid after that. Just solid. That's what we needed. We needed. We needed to do what we had to do to win, and that's what he did. Dave, what's the? If you can maybe tell us what the plan is for Kelowna, like what are you trying to accomplish? You got two good practice days. Uh, you'll have a rested group. Is there something you'd like to kind of accomplish while you're there? Yeah, a little bit. The players are going to, they've got a day off tomorrow and uh, they're going to spend the day together. So you're a little bit of team bonding with it. Uh, we'll have a good practice Sunday. We have a, a whole team and staff dinner Sunday night that uh, I think will be a good chance to get everybody together in a real relaxed atmosphere and uh, another good practice Monday and come home. So a little bit of uh, just bonding, getting some work done, getting a day off there that uh, the players will all be together. So I think it'd be good for our group. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Oilers win 6-2 tonight over the Calgary Flames. They're 2-2 two two in the preseason. As you are listening to Dave Tippett, Sean White nails a field goal. And you can get the Eskimos on Kissing Country 103.9. It is 27-27. What were we at, Rob? 35 seconds? Yeah, about 30 seconds. Nice field, a 48-yarder, too. Wasn't a wasn't a chip shot for him. 35 seconds left. Uh, again, Edmonton was down in this game 24-0 at one point. It's now 27-27. Hamilton's obviously going to get the ball here. Edmonton has to kick off. Hamilton will get, will get the ball with a chance to uh, win it, or maybe we're going to overtime. That's turned into an exciting game for sure. He was asked about Berdasov, who... They're going to take another look at him. And, and, I mean, we've talked about this so much. Somebody who will just fire the puck. All his teammates know he's going to fire it, so they're getting to the net. He's not going to st stick handle 20 times before he shoots. Just blast it. Well, it's funny. The, the, the two players that they talked about, Bertasov and Nygaard, Nygaard has been billed as fast. In the National Hockey League, it is a fast hockey league. And if you're noticeably fast, 
then you must be lightning fast. And that's what Nygaard was. And Bertasov, the, the other one, they talked about he's got a heavy shot. And you can tell the difference. When he shot the puck tonight, and Dave Tippett talked the one where he hit the goalie up high in the shoulder, uh, you can tell, like sitting in the press box, I like that is heavy. That just it got there quickly, and it, it looked like it hurt the goalie. So he's got that for him, and, and I agree with everything and what Dave Tippett said about him. And you and I were talking earlier. Uh, he came here. He, he hasn't had a training camp. He hasn't had practices. He he doesn't know his teammates. He doesn't know the system. He's coming from playing his whole career over in the KHL, and he looked fine out there. He looked comfortable. He looked like he's done it before. So it was uh, a, a good opening game for him and what that what he did in tonight's game has earned him at least another shot if not two and it's, it'll be interesting to see with a couple practices getting to know some teammates maybe finding some chemistry with a line mate if he can improve on what we saw tonight Koskinen gets the win, 18 saves on 20 shots Tippett said he didn't like the rebound on the first goal I thought Manning also left Bennett wide open to bang, yep. that, bang that in as well but that penalty kill in the second period when the Flames had a two-man advantage for a minute 25 and had a 2-1 lead, that was really key in the game. I thought Koskinen made a couple of good good saves. Flames, you know, shot wide, didn't mm-hmm. hit the net on a couple of chances, and that allowed the Oilers to get that done. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a really a low-event night for Koskinen. After the first period, there weren't a lot of grade-A scoring chances. There was a couple on the power play, but... After the power play, you didn't see anything. I mean, Koskinen could have rested the rest of the night. I think he only had probably had four or five shots the remainder thir- of the last 30 minutes. Uh, but he did what he had to do. And after last night's game and, and, you know, four goals in the first 40 minutes and, you know, probably one or two that he'd like to have back, there's, you know, you're, you're, you're worried. And as a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, you've seen this, this film before and you don't, you're, you're, fearful that, okay, is this the Koskinen that we saw for large parts of the season, or is this just a one-off because it was the first game, and tonight he gave him a chance to win, and uh, he settled down, and I think that uh, going forward, he's got to give them quality starts, and I, I would I would qualify, you know what, rebound, good rebound, bad rebound, you know what, all goaltenders have bad rebounds time and time again, but you got to give them quality starts. Tonight was a quality start by, by Miko. All right, as we uh, take you through the final minutes of uh, overtime open line, we will uh, stick with you here. Because, well, it's probably going to happen in the next uh, 40 to 60 seconds. The uh, end of the game with the Eskimos and the Tiger Cats, it uh, does not look good for the Eskimos. Uh, Hamilton got about a uh, 25, 30-yard pass on their first play after the kickoff. couple of running plays, an offside penalty by the Eskimos, and Liram... Hiralahu, I don't have to say that very much. I think I got it. Morley and Dave have it down. I was just thinking, I hope I don't have to say that name. I'm pretty, so glad I'm pre- you did. I'm pretty sure I got it. But uh, what are we looking at here, Rob? 34 yards. With It's going to be with no time on the clock, so we'll let everybody know what happens. Game the Eskimos fought back in from a 24-0 deficit, but relatively, and the thing is, if he misses this one, it could, it could go right through the end zone as well. Oh. He might have missed it. He hit the upright. And anyway. it went in. My God. Well, it was a terrible snap. The Eskimos I mean, lose. They're lucky they even got it off. They're it, lucky they even got it off. It hit the upright and went through. If it hits the upright and is goes forward or goes back towards the direction of the kick, it's a dead ball. It hits the upright and goes through. And uh, after battling back twice, 
to tie it. The Eskimos fall 30-27 to the Tiger Cats. Their fourth straight loss. They go to 6-7. and seven. Here at Rogers Place, the Oilers win at 6-2. Get more on both teams on 630Ched.com. Our next Oilers broadcast is Tuesday. They will host Arizona. 5.30 face-off show here on 630Ched. The game will start at 7. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great weekend. Thank you.